Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hoth, our hosts, Carl Leclerc and Jason Hunt, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Well, hello, Larians, and welcome to this special episode of the Wampas Lair Podcast. I am your host, Carl LeClaire, and this is going to be another one of those uh, solo episodes. <laughs> How apropos, right after the solo teaser for me to go solo. <laughs> I crack me up. Anyway, um, as I said on the last episode where we broke down the solo teaser, um, I was talking about how with the uh, the week coming up, we have, um, for those of us in the Christian tradition, we have Ash Wednesday coming up in just a few days. And we're entering the season of Lent. It's a season about temptation. And um, yes, by the way, the, the title of this episode is You Will Be Tempted. Forgot to say that right at the top. Uh, man, I'm lost without Jason. But, um, you know, we're, we're entering in this, this time of the year uh, where the church talks about um, looking at temptation, what, what is, you know, what keeps us from being our, our full, whole selves. And uh, temptation is a common theme in the Star Wars saga. So what I want to do in this particular little episode is look at three distinct points, one from each trilogy, um, and obviously all from the middle act films. And there are obviously several points and instances of temptation with our main characters, both with Anakin, Luke, and Rey. Um, But I want to look specifically at what happens in the middle act of the middle films of each of these trilogies, which tempts them away from something, calls them away from what they're in the midst of doing, and inevitably, they fail. Um, And, uh, you know, I think eventually with episode nine, we might be able to look back at these closing chapters of each trilogy as well and look at their final temptations and how they how they succeed or 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 don't succeed obviously anakin's gonna fail and luke succeeds i'm gonna i'm gonna guess right now that ray will succeed in her final temptation but time will tell um so what i want to look at in this little episode is um the scene in attack of the clones when anakin has this dream of his mother on tatooine and then you know his little conversation with padme about needing to leave um and then in empire strikes back i want to look at you know, Luke has the vision of his friends in danger and then him preparing to leave from Dagobah and the, you know, the conversation that he has with his two mentors. Um, and of course, in Last Jedi, I want to look at, you know, Ray's experience with Kylo after after she's down in the cave um, and they touch hands and she has a vision for the future and ultimately decides to stop wasting her time on Octu and go off to what she thinks will be to turn Ben Solo back to the light. Um, obviously since last Jedi is not out for any sort of home release yet, I don't have any clips to play from that film. Um, but I do want to play these scenes brief though they are for each of the, each of the films before, um, I kind of offer some, you know, breakdown of what I think is going on there. So let's not waste any time. Let's start with, um, attack of the clones. And we have this moment where Anakin's going to have a dream about his mother. No, no. Oh, 
Don't go. I don't want to disturb you. Your presence is soothing. You had another nightmare last night. Jedi don't have nightmares. I heard you. I saw my mother. She's suffering, Padme. I saw her as clearly as I see you now. She is in pain. I know I'm disobeying my mandate to protect you, Senator. But I have to go. I have to help her. I'll go with you. I'm sorry, I don't have a choice. So, this is, you know, it's a poignant scene in Attack of the Clones. Um, It really defines what Anakin is going to be driven by the rest of the film and in a sense the rest of this the prequel trilogy. So right we we open with this um by the way that that was the Blu-ray version I just played uh which uh they did go back and added you know Pernella August you know literally screaming in Anakin's dream you know Anakin help me. Um that was not in the theatrical or the DVD releases originally. Um I think that was a really great change they made with the Blu-rays. Um, but in this scene, right, Anakin is being tortured by this dream. And, uh, you know, Anakin is kind of this fatalistic character who, as we all know, his dreams are what, in a way, trigger all of the actions that lead to his fall to Darth Vader. Um, I mean, even in, a t- even in Phantom Menace, right, he talks about a dream he had as a, as a Jedi freeing all the slaves. Of course, that dream doesn't come true because of these other dreams. But in this particular scene... Um, you know, Anakin, his, he's, he's made hints earlier in the film to Obi-Wan that he keeps dreaming about his mother. It seems to be, you know, amping up in intensity. Um, and now while he's alone with Padme, he's in this very vulnerable place in a way he's not protected by Obi-Wan, right? Like Obi-Wan's not right there with him. And there's a lot of theories out there that maybe uh, Sidious is the one responsible for sending these dreams. Um, Sidious is somehow responsible for the Tusken Raiders capturing Shmi. I don't know how much of that I buy. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea, but, um, you know, I think Anakin's in a particularly vulnerable place when he's here on Naboo um, in lots of ways. Clearly, he is emotionally in this place of turmoil because here he is with the woman of his dreams, the woman he loves. Um, He's just confessed his love to her. Um, She basically says, you know, doesn't matter how we feel. We can't do this because of our places in life. Um, And then that night when he goes to sleep, he's going to have this, you know, really torturous dream. And the dream, he just sees his mother in pain. She's suffering. And Anakin's impulse is to go. I have to go save her. Um, and again, that's that's linked back to what happens in Phantom Menace, right? When he's leaving, he says to her, I will come back and free you, mother. And I don't know if anybody has caught this before. I noticed today just because I watched the scene a few times while I was, while I was prepping for this. But uh, the music in this scene is just, in general, it's beautiful. But there's one particular part when he says, like, I have to go save her, where you're going to hear Anakin's theme. And I'm pretty sure it's the only other time you hear Anakin's theme in Attack of the Clones. The first time you hear it is when, um, you know, 
uh, Padme greets him for the first time in the movie and says, you'll always be that little boy I knew on Tatooine. We hear, you know, the whispers of the Anakin theme, but I'm going to play this one more time and, and hopefully you'll hear what I'm talking about. It's just a very brief hint of it, but I think it's, it's reminding us of that promise he made in Phantom Menace. So let's, let's listen to this musical piece um, under the dialogue. Obeying my mandate to protect you, Senator. Oh, all right, it's going to be right, right around there. So here we go. I know I'm disobeying my mandate to protect you, Senator, but I have to go. So it's very brief. It's just, it's just a very brief statement of the Anakin theme. But I really think that even you know John Williams, the genius maestro that he is, he's reminding us even musically in the scene that. Right here, Anakin's just that. He feels like that helpless boy again, right? That helpless slave boy who can't do anything to help his mother. And here he's having this dream, and he knows he's in a different place in life. He's not just a slave. He's a Jedi Knight. And, well, a Jedi apprentice. But he, he really feels like he's now finally in in the right place to go and save her and do something about it. So, again, it's very important because he, he doesn't think he has a choice. Um but his intention, of course, is good. His intention here is to go save his mother. There's nothing wrong with that intention. Um, but the thing that he fails to do is check in with Obi-Wan or any of his mentors for that matter. Um, Anakin is acting in a very knee-jerk reaction, right? He, he's not thinking any of this through. He just wants to go save her, and that's what he's going to do. Um, you know, Padme doesn't really help here because she's just, okay, I'll go with you. Um, but right, we all remember right before Anakin and Padme depart from Coruscant, Obi-Wan's one directive to him is, is don't do anything without contacting either me or the council, right? Um, he knows Anakin's personality and he knows how knee-jerk Anakin can be. So he wants to, you know, help if anything comes up, but Anakin just, he's too headstrong. He just rushes in. And the result of this temptation to, to leave his duty is he ultimately fails. And worse yet, um, in light of that failure, he commits like an, an, an outrageous atrocity by murdering all the Tuscan people. Um, so, you know, it's this – the temptation there is to step away from what he's supposed to be doing. And what he's supposed to be doing is protecting the senator, right? He's part of a bigger picture now. Um, he's not his mother's keeper in a way. And I know that sounds kind of cold and harsh, but at the end of the day, he, what he should have at least done is contacted Obi-Wan and, and said, listen, I keep like this dream is so real to me. I have to go, right? And he even says that, you know, he says to Padme, you know, I saw her as clearly as I see you now, right? This is something very real for him. Um, and that's something we'll, we'll hear a little bit later on from Ray in Last Jedi, you know, um, that, that whatever that vision she has of, of Kylo is very real to her as well. But, right, Anakin is still just an apprentice. And as an apprentice, he should be checking in with his master before flying off for something this big, and he doesn't. And the result is ultimately failure. So he's tempted away from his calling, and as a result, he gives into that temptation and becomes something a little bit less, because now he commits this horrible deed that he's going to have to keep a secret um, from apparently everybody but Padme and Palpatine, so the double P's. Um, so 
fast forward to Empire Strikes Back. Luke is going to find himself in a similar situation. He's in the midst of his training. Also, like Anakin, right? He's in the midst of doing his duty, doing what he's supposed to be doing. And he, too, is going to have a vision of his friends in pain. So um, I'm not going to play that particular tiny little piece where he sees them in his vision. But I'm going to just fast forward ahead and we're going to listen to his conversation with um, both Obi-Wan and Yoda before he leaves for Cloud City. Luke, you must complete the training. I can't keep the vision out of my head. They're my friends. I gotta help them. You must not go. But Han and Leia will die if I don't. You don't know that. Even Yoda cannot see their fate. But I can help them. I feel the force. But you cannot control it. This is a dangerous time for you, when you will be tempted by the dark side of the Force. Yes, yes. To Obi-Wan you listen. The cave. Remember your failure at the cave. But I've learned so much since then. Master Yoda, I promise to return and to finish what I've begun. You have my word. It is you and your abilities the Emperor wants. That is why your friends are made to suffer. That's why I have to go. Luke, I don't want to lose you to the Emperor the way I lost Vader. You won't. Stop, they must be. On this all depends. Only a fully trained Jedi Knight, with the Force as an ally, will conquer Vader and his Emperor. If you end your training now, if you choose the quick and easy path, as Vader did, you will become an agent of evil. Patience. And sacrifice Han and Leia. If you honor what they fight for? Yes. If you choose to face Vader, you will do it alone. I cannot interfere. I understand. R2, fire up the converters. Luke! Don't give in to hate. That leads to the dark side. Strong is Vader. Mind what you have learned. Save you again. I will. And I'll return. I promise. So there you go. There is, you know, Luke's decision to leave Dagobah. And this is, again, we know to be a temptation very clearly by set into motion by Darth Vader, right? That's the whole plot behind capturing the Millennium Falcon and torturing his friends is to send those ripples through the force so that it um, affects Luke and and causes him to come to the aid of his friends. Now, Vader probably doesn't know Luke's off on Dagobah being trained by Master Yoda, but he's just trying to draw Luke in. Um, And uh, by the way, real quick, did you all notice how he tells R2 to fire up the converters? I guess he finally got to Tashi Station. (laughs) Anyway, um, but uh, where's Jason to laugh when I need him? So this moment, right? Luke is he's he's rushing, he's bustling. Um, it, again, it's a very his his body language is very similar to Anakin's there in Attack of the Clones, right? He's 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 flustered, he's acting quickly, impulsively. Again, kind of that knee jerk reaction. But there is a sense of calm to Luke that Anakin lacks, 
right? Uh, Luke is certainly a more mature character than Anakin is. And, it, and it, it's debatable that Rey is also, when we get to Last Jedi, is a little bit more mature than where Luke was at this stage of Empire Strikes Back. Um, but right, where, whereas Anakin is just like, I, I got to go. Like, if I've, I've got no choice. This is what I have to do. Um, Luke knows he has a choice here. But, I, you know, what's really incredible is when, when Obi-Wan says to him, you know, you know, this is, you know, this is a temptation by the dark side. That's why your friends are made to suffer. And Luke has this great response when he just pops his head out from behind the little thing he's working on. He says, that's why I have to go. You know, I think for Luke, in a sense, he feels a sense of responsibility for what's happening to his friends. He knows that they're in this plight because of him. And therefore, he's taking ownership of that and saying, I need to go. Um, but Yoda says this again here, and he said it in the previous scene, even though he didn't play it. But, you know, when Luke's like, I have to go to them, you know, decide you must how to serve them best. If you leave now, help them, you could, but you would destroy all for what they have fought and suffered. You know, like, and I was like, that line always kind of tripped me up. I was like, what does that mean? Destroy all for which they fought and suffered. And my interpretation of that line, I'd be really curious for any of you listening, if you have a different take on this, but I think what Yoda is trying to say there is he's trying to pull Luke back to see the big picture here. He's trying to say, Luke, you don't seem to get it. Like you are the hope for the galaxy. Like your Jedi training is the single most important thing for you right now, even if it costs you your friends. Um, right. Like we all know from the prequel era that both Obi-Wan and Yoda being that the majority of their lives were brought up in a Jedi code that was very anti-attachment. They don't have that strong sense of attachment. They never will. Um, but what's really important for both of them here is they're trying to leverage Luke to see this from a bigger picture, the bigger picture of if you leave and fail, things are going to be so much worse. Like, yes, we understand you may lose your friends, and that sucks, but your bigger importance right now is becoming a Jedi, and you're not one yet, and you can't go do this. So, but Luke just, he doesn't care in a way. He knows what his, what his gut is telling him to do is go save his friends. And again, just like with Anakin, that intention is good. Of course, it's okay to go save your friends. Um, and I, I love when he says, I can't keep that vision out of my head. It reminds me again of Anakin all through revenge of the Sith, right? The dream he has about losing Padme and the child. That's what haunts him that entire film and causes him to make all those bad decisions. Even here, again, my guess is this is probably just the next morning after the vision, but he can't keep that vision out of his head. He's got to do something about it. Um, Luke isn't capable of staying calm in the midst of this. He has to go. Um, but like Anakin, the result is he ultimately fails. Um, and worse, you know, there's a bigger temptation laying there in wait, which is Vader trying to get him to turn. But he is stronger than that. So at least Luke doesn't turn, but he's not successful. Um, and, you know, Luke's deeper failure here is and why we know he's not quite where he needs to be is he thinks he knows what's best rather than his teacher's. Um, so, you know, Luke makes this decision to go and the temptation of course is then to give up on his training, to give up on what he's supposed to be doing. Again, what he's supposed to be doing is training to be a Jedi Knight. And he walks away from that in favor of saving his friends. So just like his father, 
relationships in a way are more important to him than anything else. I don't see that as an inherent flaw, but again, the idea of temptation here in these films is that our characters are being called away from doing what they're supposed to be doing or doing what, what, you know, is ultimately best, what is best for the big picture. So finally now, We'll fast forward to Last Jedi. And like I said, unfortunately, I don't have any clips to play here. But Rey has this powerful experience where she is talking with Kylo that final time where they're, you know, this this force merging. And, you know, she's confiding in Kylo in this moment about how she came to Octu in search of answers. Um, I think for her, that means both in the sense of becoming some sort of Jedi through the tutelage of Luke. And also, hopefully, for some sort of answers about her, you know, her lineage, her parentage. But she finds nothing. The only connection she seems to find here is with Kylo, which is crazy. Because in a way, he's a monster, right? Like, she sees him as a monster. And yet, the only thing she finds a connection with up through the middle act of this film is that monster. That monster becomes a person to her. And in that moment when they touch hands, which is such a beautiful and like just amazing moment in that film, right? And that, that single tear, which if any of you are regular listeners, you know how much I love the single tears in Star Wars, comes you know rolling down Ray's cheek and she has a vision. And um, so fast forward past the confrontation she has with Luke, but ultimately she tells Luke what she saw in that vision was Kylo turning. Now, and she, just like uh, Anakin says to Padme, you know, I, I saw as plainly as I see you here before me is what she's saying to Luke. Like, it was really real to her. And again, it's all about point of view because that vision is not untrue. Kylo does turn on Snoke, but she doesn't see all the way through it. She doesn't quite get that Kylo is lost. And that's what Luke is trying to make clear to her by says, you know, don't go. This is not going to go the way you think. So, you know, Ray offers him the lightsaber one last time and hopes that he'll take it up when he refuses. In her mind, Kylo is their last hope. Um, So her intention, again, is good. She believes that if Kylo turns, it will help win the war against the First Order. But just like Luke and Anakin, she's just going to ignore the advice of her teacher. Um, I mean, I use the word teacher kind of loosely here with Luke because I don't ever see him as her official teacher. Um, but, you know, again, that's certainly something up for debate. But that's what, he, that's what his character type is for her is he is – and he does it – yeah, he definitely gives her some lessons. So in a way, he is her teacher. But she ignores – this final call of his don't go this this isn't this isn't going to go the way you think and ray feels that this is the only way to turn the plight of the resistance around is to go turn kylo and bring ben back to the fight because she and ben alone in her mind are what's going to be capable of turning the story around turning this galaxy around So, you know, in all three of these middle act films, our main characters are presented with temptation. Um, I don't quite have a final answer as to what I think Ray is technically being tempted away from, 
because she's on Octu in the hopes of, you know, learning the ways of the Jedi. She's not ultimately getting that. So I don't, I mean, again, all of this, all of this stuff with her and Kylo though is being put into place by Snoke. Again, I've made uh, the point on previous episodes that I don't think Snoke was responsible for this connection. I really think that this is on their own. I don't know for certain. Um, but, uh, Either way, she is being tempted away ultimately. Like Snoke put, initiates that connection. There's no doubt about that because he knows that it's going to stir something up in Ben and it's going to stir something up in Ray. And he wants to draw Ray out and, and thereby hopefully drawing Luke out so that they can ultimately end the Jedi Order. But in every one of these middle act films, the characters are tempted to go kind of foolheartedly, you know, headstrong, rushing into a place they're not quite ready for. Um, Anakin's not ready for the grief that awaits him on Tatooine. And worse yet is he's not putting himself in the place to have the right support. You know, he's, you know, he's relying on Padme too much as opposed to his family, which is ultimately, you know, the Jedi Order. And Luke is rushing headstrong into trying to save his friends, even though his mentors who know his deeper purpose are telling him to do something else. And even when he shows up on Cloud City, the first thing Vader says is, the Force is with you, young Skywalker, but you're not a Jedi yet. Luke is not ready for what faces him on Cloud City. And the same is true for Rey in Last Jedi. She is not ready for the depth of, of the dark side that Kylo has fallen into. She just doesn't seem to see it that way. Um, because again, she is being tempted just like the other two characters to just do what's, what seems to be the kind of quick and easy way. And I'm not saying that, you know, Ray falls to the dark side. None of, well, Anakin does, but just like Luke and Anakin, she rushes off to do what she thinks is best, even though, the mentor character is telling her otherwise. So anyway, there you go. These are, this is just my, my, these are my thoughts on these, you know, these kind of pivotal moments in these middle act films. And uh, yeah, I'd be really curious to hear what, what others think about this, whether you, whether you agree or disagree, or again, have any of your own takes on these, these moments of temptation. But, uh, yeah, be really curious to hear anything you have to say. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Wampas Lair Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Wampas Lair. Our email is wampaslairpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, um, hope you enjoyed this mini episode of the Wampas Lair Podcast. Um, for the non-present but forced presence of Jason, I'm Carl, and we will see you very soon in the Wampas Lair Podcast. <laughs>